Welcome to Amazing Love. As we get into things, I'm going to invite you to pray with me. Let's just ask God to bless the preaching of his word. Heavenly Father, for all who have gathered here, let it be a mountaintop day, a mountaintop experience. Drive the devil from this place in our hearts and win the victory in these moments. Uh, Lord, help us to see that we didn't just come to church today. We came to meet with Jesus. Meeting him, transform us. Give us the peace, joy, and hope we cannot give to ourselves. In Jesus' name, amen. What is true of you and me is that we are all worshipers. It's not a question of if we are going to worship. It's a question of what should we worship and what do we worship. Now, what is a worshiper? A worshiper is one who gives their affection, their adoration, their admiration to something else. You give it your heart. A worshiper is one who pursues something passionately with either time or emotion or energy and even, yes, money. That's what a worshiper is. And sometimes it is very, very obvious what people worship. Like my daughter, Nadia. We had spring break this past week, some family time, and it became very apparent that my Nadia, uh, she's about nine years old, she still is worshiping stuffed animals. Anyone else have a child who worships stuffed animals at one point or another? And, and the thing is, it's not that she doesn't have a bed that is filled with animals, but she's always drawn to the next one. And so we were at the mall, and uh, the, the beacon, the siren calling us in was a $12 Build-A-Bear. And I don't know if anyone else has been to, to Build-A-Bear. And, uh, and sure, $12 for Pinky B. And she paused to create it, and upsetting the male-to-female ratio once again. We have Pinky B, but I'm okay. I'm good in my manhood. It's all right. Bring more girls. It's fine. Pinky B with Cat, who was there to make with her. And yes, this is just one of many. Her bed, I mean, she just sleeps surrounded by stuffed animals. Okay, stop picking on Nadia. What is it for your kids? Do you have any kids who maybe worship video games? They are just always giving their time, their attention, their passion to those video games. You know what I'm talking about. Parents, what about you? Is it a hobby? Is it, is it a boat? A mastercraft? A brinker? I don't even know if I got that right. I'm not a boat guy. But anyway, um, is it a car? You know, sometimes we give our worship to our kids. They get a lot of our passion, our attention, our energy. Sometimes we give it to our career. But you know, we've gathered today in the house of God. And by the way, um, welcome to everyone. Even if you don't call yourself a Christian, you're, you're welcome to be here. And as we consider all the options of worship, I just, I needed to ask a question. What are who is worthy of our primary worship? And as we open the word of God, I think it enlightens us. It tells us uh, that, that really we can worship one of two things. There are two categories of things to worship, and it's not stuffed animals or video games. Rather, I was reading from Romans, and, and it tells us we're worshipers. It says, they exchanged the truth about God for a lie, and they worshiped and served either A, created things, or B, the creator. So those are the two options of worship. You can either worship created things like Pinky Bee or video games or your career or the children that were made um, because you were made. Or you can worship the everlasting God, the one who was and is and is to come, the, the one who stretched out the heavens in, in the sky, the, the, the one who, who made all things, the makers of heaven and earth. Uh, you can worship either the creator or something he created. 
and who or what is worthy of that primary worship or praise. You know, to extrapolate this a little bit more, I wonder what happened if we relied on Pinky B to do for us what we rely on God to do for us. For example, let's say I, I give all my worship here and I, I go to the hospital and I pray to Pinky B and I say, Pinky B, can you help me get better? Is Pinky B going to help me? No! It's going to be fluffy and glitter glow. But it's not going to help me. It's not going to talk to the doctors or guide their hands. It can't do anything. What, what about this? What if I have a really tough day and I want Pinky B to just get it? Just understand me, Pinky B, like no one else. And then use your power to help my situation because only you know. Will Pinky B help me? No. Or what if I'm looking for an opportunity? I need a new job. Can Pinky B help me on my job interview? And by the way, I don't recommend going into an interview with your, your doll. Right? That's not going to help. What about death? We all face death and taxes, don't we? Taxes are coming up. Sorry about that. Is Pinky B going to call me home? Is Pinky B going to prepare a place for me? Pinky B do any of that? No, I mean, all she had was a cardboard box. So what am I going to get from Pinky B? I know that's silly. You think of all the passion and energy you give to all these other things that are created things. The created things that cannot hear you, cannot answer you, cannot open doors for you, and will not raise you. And I ask again, who or what is worthy of that primary praise and worship? Let's take it a little bit further. I was reading from the book of Isaiah, and that's from my personal studies. And I double dog dare you to read from Isaiah. I really do. Yeah, challenge you. Mm. Anyway, um, and in Isaiah, God does not mince words about who should get all the glory and the honor and the praise. You got to hear him like he is like trash talking everything else. I'm, I'm not kidding. In Isaiah, he, he says things like this. I am the Lord. That's my name. I will not yield my glory to another or my praise to idols. It just will not happen. Nothing else is worthy. And then I was reading Isaiah 46. Look what happens here. He says, some pour out gold from their bags and weigh out silver on the scales. They hire a goldsmith to make it into God. People were going to build a God. That's what they were doing. They bow down and they worship to it. They lift it to their shoulders and carry it. They set it up in its place and there it stands. From that spot, it cannot move. Even though someone cries out to it, it cannot answer. It cannot save them from their troubles. And what about the things that you are tempted to worship? And give your primary praise. Will they truly help you in the end? Can they help you right now? Friends, no. First point for the day. First fill in. Only the creator is worthy of all our worship. Is worthy of primary praise and attention and affection and adoration and energy and pursuit. So we're going to get into the lesson on Palm Sunday when Jesus was finally, finally, finally worshipped as the king he is. Where the whole world finally saw things are right because he was the king of glory, the only king forever. And they used palm branches to worship this king and coats to worship this king. And they sung his praises. They gave their hearts to this king. And we're going to talk about doing the same today, okay? That's the goal. That's the goal. Um, but because we don't just believe it is John talking to us, we do believe that this is God's word preserved for us. I'm going to invite you to please stand as we hear the reading of the word of God in honor of that word, of that Palm Sunday through the lens of John. There it says, The next day the great crowd that had come for the festival 
heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it. As it is written, Do not be afraid, daughter of Zion. See, your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. At first, the disciples did not understand all this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things had been written about him and that these things had been done to him. Now, the crowd that was with him when he called Lazarus from the doom and raised him from the dead continued to spread the word. Many people, because of what they had heard that he had performed this sign, went out to meet him. So the Pharisees said to one another, See, this is getting us nowhere. Look how the whole world has gone after him. The whole world is praising him as king. Before you sit down, turn to the person next to you and tell him, He's worthy of all our praise. He's worthy of all our praise. Please be seated. Is anyone else happy that the political ads are gone? I just love that. You, you know it's bad when your daughter, who is 11 years old, is like asking, is the primaries over? Right? Like that's, I know she's mature, but. And, um, and first of all, you know, I'm not going to get into political things. As, as a pastor, I, I just believe it's my encouragement to you to pray for leaders and to vote. That's all. Right? Pray for leaders and vote. And so, so maybe there are those who voted. Uh, I won't take a poll of who voted anyway, um, but that's okay. And, 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 and to me, though, I wonder what it would take for both sides to pick a clear winner. What would a candidate have to do in order for both sides to elect them in like 100% everyone knows this is the person? I mean, you'd almost have to be God for that to happen. That, that person would have to walk on water, do something incredible in order to win the primaries from both the left and the right. And everyone's like, yes, this is the clear winner. The reason I bring this up is on Palm Sunday, Jesus was going to be foisted as king, as ruler, and they weren't even going to take a primary vote. In fact, as they, they came, look what they said. They said, blessed is the king of Israel. And they were about to put Jesus in that primary position, put him on the throne, all because of something he had done. Now, now what did Jesus do in order to, again, get this allegiance, in order for them to say, he is king? Well, it was four days later, or four days ago, or a man who was dead for four days, it was, it was the raising of Lazarus. In fact, look at verse 17. There it says, Now the crowd that was with him when he called Lazarus from the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to spread the word. The reason they wanted to put him as king without any primary is that he had raised a man who had been dead for four days. And the crowd all heard about it. The crowd all knew it. And this was enough for them to say, Man, you deserve to reign. You deserve to be on that throne. It's 2,000 years later. We're talking about giving Jesus all of our praise. And I wonder sometimes, what would Jesus have to do in order to give primary praise to him? For, for you to erupt in the same kind of praise. Lord, you're going to be king of my life. You're going to be king of this world. I trust you as king right now. What would he have to do? Maybe like Chip and Joanna Gaines build you a fixer-upper? Get you the dream job? Make sure your team wins in March Madness? What would he have to do? Can I give you some reasons that I believe he should be king of your life right now? The first reason I believe is because what he did for Lazarus, who was dead for four days, is what he's going to do for us and all who believe. 
Do you know why we love Easter in this place is because death might be real, but death has no hold over all who believe in a risen Savior. He's going to do that for you. He's going to say, come out. He's going to say, come live with me. But he's done more. In fact, this Jesus, he lived every day on earth for you and me. When he came to this place, it wasn't for a pleasure cruise. Rather, he was going to go through the minefield, the battlefield, all for us. He would be tempted by the devil himself and not give in to sin. And he didn't give in because you and I often did give in. And he had to be perfect in our place. This is the God who had all power and who would heal the blind and who would raise the dead and would allow himself to die on a cross Because he wouldn't just preach about loving the unlovable. He would illustrate it through the cross that he bore for you and I. What did Jesus do for you? You're getting some details. This Jesus is the same one who says, I'm going to walk with you until you walk with me up there. The same one who says, I'm going to work out even the bad days for your good. The the same Jesus who came in riding on a donkey is sometime coming with the clouds of heaven to call you home. This is Jesus. What does he have to do for you to anoint him as king? You know what I believe? He's done enough. And some of you Christians, you've been here and you've been walking with God and and some of the details I gave you and the reasons I gave you, they're not even news to you. You're just like, yep. But that's significant, friends. All that Jesus has done, significant, friends. He has done enough to win our worship. You know, people are fickle with worship, aren't they? People can move from worshiping one thing to another thing. One week it's this thing, another thing is that thing. We're fickle people, aren't we? And it kind of reminds me of a bandwagon fan. You ever met a bandwagon fan? I'm a bandwagon Loyola fan. I am. In fact, I would love to tell you that my bedroom is painted maroon because I am the ultimate Loyola fan. In fact, uh, because I'm a true fan and not just a bandwagon fan, do you know that at one time they didn't have a mascot? It wasn't always the wolf. Rather, at one time, uh, they had a homeless man as their mascot. Here it is, Bo Rambler. And I know that because I am the ultimate fan, not just a bandwagon fan. In fact, I'm such a fan that I have Bo Rambler's cutout as a cardboard cutout in my room. That, that's how much of a fan I am. Ha ha. Right. Do you know about Marcus Towns? I sure do, at least within the last two days. But anyway, I am a big, big fan of Loyola. And what is a bandwagon fan? You see him when the Blackhawks are winning the Stanley Cup. You see him with the Cubs in the Sox World Series. You see him coming out of the word work, don't you? There are people who don't really know, but they claim allegiance. They don't really know what's going on. They don't know the roster. They don't know the history. But yes, I'm a fan. Woohoo! But you know what another thing that bandwagon fan does? They're not there when things go awry. For example, who this season is still a Blackhawks fan? Who is still... These are true fans. See? They're not bandwagon. They're through thick and thin, good and bad. Well, the reason I bring this up is because on Palm Sunday, Jesus has a lot of bandwagon fans. And they don't even know who he is. Like, they're saying, praise to God. He he is the king. He is the one who's going to be reigning someday. And they don't know what kind of king he is. It's crazy. It's like not knowing that the, the Rambler is the mascot for Loyola. It's just crazy. They think that, that he's going to throw off the Roman rule, which he's not coming to do. And that could have been noted by, by the fact that he doesn't come in riding on a war stallion to upset Caesar. What does he come in riding on? 
a donkey. That is a humble king, okay? He is a drastically different king. Yet they don't know it. They're bandwagon fans of Jesus. And I wonder how that could apply to you and me. Are you ready for something? I just think as it speaks to us, could I just tell you beware of being a bandwagon believer? And here's where I'm going to go with that. It is easy to follow Jesus on Palm Sunday days. Isn't it? Like some days it's really convenient to follow Jesus. And this is why. Like sometimes when I'm nice to people and I forgive people, they're nice to me back. That feels good. It's reciprocal. All right, serving Jesus, this is good. This is working out. Sometimes I trust him with my money and he actually blesses my financial fortune. He does. All right, serving Jesus, that tithe, I love it. I didn't give to get, but I kind of did. But anyway, but he gave back. All right. Awesome. That's convenient. Sometimes when I raise my kids with the knowledge of the Lord, I'll hear them praying or praising, and I'm like, oh, that warms my heart. That is just, that is, that's a Palm Sunday day. Sometimes I'll pray specific things, and it's uncanny how he will be right there in my life and working that out, that the thing that I just prayed for, oh my goodness, it is good to follow Jesus. Palm Sunday day. All right. But some of you have walked with him for a while. Is it always convenient to follow Jesus? What happens when you're nice to someone and they're not nice to you back? What happens when you love someone and they just take advantage of you? That happens, friends. What happens when you trust God with your finances and you don't see how it working out? Like, you know he still got you, but like you didn't get the raise and you didn't get the promotion. You're like, I tithe. What's going on? What happens when you prayed specifically and you pleaded and you pleaded and you said, God, like, I'm not going to try to test you like Gideon, but Lord, you know how much I need this and you plead. And the answer is no. And what happens when it doesn't become convenient and it feels like losing for following Jesus? Are you a bandwagon believer? And what I need to remind you today, another point I believe Jesus is worthy of praise whether we are winning or losing. Whether it's convenient for us, whether it's working out for us, or whether it's not. Today is a day I want to repent of all the times I don't give him praise in the bad days. I don't praise and sing Hosanna because things are hard and tough. I want to repent also of the times where I've worshipped created things rather than the, the creator from whose hand it came. When I mix that up in my life, and I'd encourage you, maybe if this strikes you, if you've been a bandwagon believer, to repent as well. And then look at the heart of Jesus. Do you see him for who he truly is today? He is the king forever, worthy of praise every day and for eternity, whether people know it or not, whether they knew the background or not, whether they knew the promises or not. He is the only king who will reign. He is worthy of all praise. He is worthy of such praise that on Palm Sunday when the Pharisees wanted the crowd to be quiet, he said, if they're quiet, the rocks will cry out. He is the king who knows what's going to happen. And his heart is heavy as he comes into Jerusalem because he's going to bear the cross But his heart is happy because he knows he wins. He knows of the empty tomb. This is the king who will rise again and will reign. And the one who is seated at the right hand of the father even now. This king forever, he's pictured in Ephesians 2. 
In Ephesians 2, it says, Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and in earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's the king. Came in riding on a donkey on Palm Sunday. He's going to ride on the clouds of heaven someday and call you to his kingdom. And I just love that some of us he's already called. Do you remember when he called you? For me, it was through baptism. God used the washing of water through the word to call me into his family. And thankfully, in the story of as far as prodigals or older brothers, I've been an older brother. I've been in the house of God. I've never wanted to leave. Doesn't mean I'm perfect. I'm the older brother who was called through this baptism, and I don't want to leave. What about for you? Maybe for you, he called you into the kingdom also through your baptism. Maybe he called you uh, because someone told you about Jesus. Maybe for some of you, he's calling you right now to believe that he is the Savior, the Lord, the King of everything. It's a good call. I'm excited today for the baptism of Morris. It's awesome. But as he calls us and as he's worthy, what could we give to such a king? Do you remember the first lesson where that, that girl, she, she spent a ton of money on this expensive perfume. And I don't know if it was Versace, I don't know what it was, but it was expensive. Per- Chanel number no. 5, we don't know, but it was expensive perfume. As we come to Palm Sunday, what, what were they doing? They're, they were grabbing anything they could to lay down for King Jesus. They grabbed their palms and some accounts it was their coats. And, and they, they did whatever they could to praise King Jesus. And I wonder, what is it that we should, should do? And let's, let's talk about this a little bit. You know, sometimes people make great claims, but they do not back them up. It reminds me of my, my life as a child. And children are famous for making big claims that they didn't do. Like kids who went on spring break. Any, any spring break kids here? And sometimes you come back with your friends and, and you say, you know what, I went to Wisconsin Dells on spring break and it was awesome. And we rode that one thing 600 times. That's what we did. It was awesome. But then another kid comes in and wants to trump the other kid. Yeah, well, I went to Disney World. I rode Space Mountain 600 times, so eat it and I'm cooler. And then another kid who didn't do anything, like had a stay vacation, comes in and will be like, yeah, well, we went to Tahiti. I don't even know where it is, but we went to Tahiti, and it was awesome, and we were there for three weeks, even though spring break was only one week, so eat it. Ha! Right? That's what kids do. They make big claims. Kids on the playground, well, I can shoot 10 free throws in a row. Nothing but net. Another kid, I can have 10 three-pointers. Another kid, a second grader, I can dunk. Right? Because kids do that. I am Superman. But all of this ends by two words. If on the playground and to little kids you speak these two words, it all ends. Those two words approve it. Here you go, second grader. Let's see it. And every now and then, someone does back up their big claim. Like, I remember there was a super athlete that I, I grew up with. Uh, his name was Pastor Taple, a cool dude. He was the guy who said, like, you can be a pastor and cool, which is a hard thing to do, by the way. Anyway, uh, but, but he was the one, and, and he was a super athlete. And, and he was known for not only being quarterback back in the day, but he would also be known for jumping over cars. And I have no clue how he did that, but he had done it so much, proved it so much, that that was a story about Pastor Tape. He could jump cars. That's what he does. And every now and then, we have big claims. Like, you know, you might have claimed, I met Jonathan Taves, and I skated out on Blackhawks ice, but, but then you have pictures to prove it, right? Sometimes. 
As we come, and we're going to make a big claim, and I invite you through the Spirit to say and claim, Jesus is going to get my primary worship and praise. And maybe there are some, and you know that's the appropriate churchy thing to say today. Jesus is going to get my primary worship and praise. But can I coach you a little bit? And can I just challenge you to prove it? Can we stop being people who just hear the word and don't do it? Can we stop just giving lip service to a Jesus and a king forever and go out and actually pick a a place to praise him? Prove your praise. And I'm not saying do this for your salvation. Jesus did that. I'm not saying do this as a guilt-ridden expectation. Do this as a joyful response to what he has done. But I challenge you, would you prove your praise? And what do they do on Palm Sunday? Well, they took palm branches. That's kind of cool, and it's why I wore my green tie. Proving my praise, people. But what's going to be your palm branch? Because we don't need them today. We don't need palm branches. We need something more tangible. We need something that doesn't stay here but goes out there. So what's it going to be? I'd invite you to think in these moments of what your palm branch is going to be. You know, as Loyola won, because I am the biggest fan, they said all glory to God. In fact, their school motto is to give God greater glory. It's pretty cool. Maybe there are some kids, and you play hockey, and you play sports, and you're in music, and maybe it's the day that you say, no, I'm, I'm dedicating all of that to the glory and the praise of Jesus. It's not going to be about who I am. It's not going to be what scholarships I get. I'm going to do it all because there is a God who is king forever. And maybe there are some business people here, and you've been working for your legacy, and you've been working for your career, and you've been trying to prop up your name, but it's time for you to dedicate and say, no, this is not going to be about my name. It's going to be about Jesus' name and how we do things and how I operate and how I talk with my coworkers and what I do with the money. I'm dedicating this to God. Maybe it's our children who, again, are often reasons of our worship and praise. And I'm going to say, I'm not going to worry so much because I'm dedicating them to God, and he's going to hold them in the palm of his hand, and he's going to watch over them, and I'm going to make sure that he's carrying them, just doing my part. It's my kids that I dedicate to God by how I interact and pray for them and give them over to God. For me, I was thinking about this in my tangible way. I just want joy. I'm a little bit scared of telling you that because it's real, and the devil heard me say it, and so guess what the devil's going to do? He's going to try to steal that joy. But the Spirit's inside of me. And I don't know what you know about the Spirit of God, but the same Spirit that rose Jesus from the dead is the same Spirit that can overcome the devil, and I believe He can prompt me to give joy no matter my circumstance. I want to have unshakable joy that is my disposition. Unshakable joy because it is finished once for all. Unshakable joy because of what God has done for me. I, I want no matter the, 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 the cloudy days or the sunny days, the, the Palm Sundays or the Good Fridays, I want to have joy. Pick your palm branch. Consider what you might do. Because this creator God, he's worthy. And as he rode into Jerusalem on a donkey, he's going to ride in on the clouds of heaven calling you to his kingdom. In the meantime, let's praise him, friends. Amen.